You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, the longest-running podcast covering your Miami Heat. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. And remember that every episode is always free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure you subscribe and follow to get the best coverage available. It's been a while since today's guest has made an appearance, but she's always a listener favorite. She's a writer with Dime Magazine, the co-host of the Uh Basketball Podcast, as well as Dishes and Dimes. And you should absolutely be subscribed to her Basketball Feelings newsletter. It's the one, the only, Katie Heinel. How are you, Katie? I'm well. It has been a minute. Uh, so thank you for having me back. Well, we, were, we tried to get you on here to talk about Kyle, uh, but uh, we'll save that conversation for now, I guess. You know, it's been... A lot to try and squeeze in there between free agency and summer league and everything else. So it feels like everything's still on kind of an accelerated timetable, I think. For those listeners who may have forgotten, Katie is based in Toronto. She covers the Raptors as well as the league at large. So we'll be talking about Goran Dragic, media day around the NBA. But for obvious reasons, we'll begin today's show discussing Raptors legend Kyle Lowry. Uh, Katie, I've been trying to emphasize all offseason long, just how special a player Kyle is before we actually even see him thrive on the floor. And I always seem to fall back on just his incredible leadership and impact. And uh, if you'll allow me, I want to read something you wrote for Dime back in early August titled The Gravity of Kyle Lowry. It goes back to August 3rd. Um, ask Lowry what he wants for the Raptors, either in their brightest championship afterglow or murkiest Tampa days. And the answer will be the same to see his guys shine. The young core, not so young, but frozen in the Neverland of Lowry, of Fred Van Vliet, OG Anunoby, Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher, thriving, winning, improving, and being paid for it. It's a measure of how far Lowry has come that when asked about his future and the scope of it, it shifts secondary to what he wants to the players he had a hand in raising the ceiling for. He wants their careers to eclipse his. He wants to see them move from the boundaries a once-neglected franchise imposed on him and DeMar DeRozan, if only because the attention span of the average NBA fan so rarely ventures cross-border. But watch Lowry before the whistle of any game and see him work like a magnet. Draw vets and rookies, temperamental stars, and lunch-pail role players to him all the same. It's hard to find more proof of Lowry's league-wide respect than the whole of the league, rolling their eyes at his stubborn body drawing charge after charge off them one minute and their arms, hands, eyes, looking for his once the buzzer has gone, pulled into his gravity. How do you move on from that? Wow. I uh, Excellent, of course, as always, but uh, I am just so excited to see Kyle on this team. I know that must be a little difficult, and I don't mean to rub salt in that wound that I'm sure you're probably still dealing with this to some degree, but just seeing his impact in Miami for the first three days of the season, just two practices and one media day, and already uh, and, and of course, taking into context everything that you've said about him that so many others have mentioned about Kyle Lowry, it's just you can't help but be excited to watch him on your team. I, I mean, am I crazy here or just isn't that the general feeling of watching Kyle Lowry on your group and seeing him thrive the way he has for the past few years? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that one. You really took me back there. I was trying to like, it brought back very viscerally all the things I was feeling when I wrote that, but it was pretty bittersweet. Cause I think I knew, you know, you and I had even talked, like, I think I knew that's the direction things were going in, but I have to say seeing Kyle in a heat Jersey this week still threw me for a loop um, <laughs> a little bit, 
but uh, I'm getting there. And yeah, I think the beauty of Larry, which Heat fans are soon going to experience um, and probably it's going to invert what you hated about watching him before when he wasn't on your team, because now you have the benefit of all of those little intangibles that like are game changing and not just game changing, but roster changing too. It's been really nice to hear how excited he is when he's talked. I've listened to his, some of his clips for media day and uh, training camp this week so far, but just talking about getting to play alongside Jimmy and bam, um, alongside PJ and like get to know the rest of the guys and how yeah. much that kind of means to him. Um, and I think the other thing too, that we should remember is like, he had an active, like this was his active choice to go to Miami. I, I saw him definitely make that point in one of the interviews. Someone said like, you got traded. And he was like, I didn't get traded. <laughs> this was my choice to come here, which is a huge distinction. I think, you know, like to leave what he's known, not his whole career, but for the majority of it to become basically the face of a franchise to just kind of up and go somewhere else. Like it's, it's a very meaningful move for him. I was, I mean, even as you're describing now how heat fans are going to have to invert their feelings for Lowry. I, do you recall much of Kyle Lowry before he joined Toronto? Cause I mean, I know he was kind of floundering between Houston and Memphis, but I have to say, I always just kind of figured of him as basically a role player, even I mean, maybe a role player with really till that began that he kind of just took off as far as his star status is concerned. Yeah. I think like the clear, like his career didn't necessarily clarify into what it is now. Um, I mean, even in his first few years with Toronto, really, because I think he didn't anticipate that he was staying there for very long. Because up until then, like he had been kind of seen as this like locker room coach's nightmare kryptonite type player. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, now you talk to him about it and he laughs and it's kind of like, you know, when he was in Memphis, they drafted Conley like the year after. So he was like, eh, that was sort of like that was me there. You know, like that was as far as I would go there. And in Houston, it just didn't really they didn't really want a player like that. Right. And now you can look at, you know, I think we talked about this last time too. Like you look around the league and all the other teams that were kind of vying for Larry during free agency. Now there really isn't a team that could benefit, you know, by having Larry on their team. So I think like, that's just an interesting, and if you want me to keep talking about inversions, that's another inversion, I think uh, for the league at large. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so what was, media day like without him uh i can imagine you know from a personal standpoint it was probably a little difficult not seeing somebody who's such a somewhat gregarious personality larger than life to some degree i know in miami there was certainly a lot of excitement about his joining the team uh, and seeing him in a heat uniform for the first time but what was the inverse of that like what was toronto and the optimism i think about this season and how it kind of still extended even without kyle there I mean, it sucked a little bit, David. <laughs> I have to say. Uh, and because the way that they did it, it wasn't at it wasn't at OVO. Uh, it was at the arena this year, and it was press conference style. And they had it where they do some kind of live broadcasts uh, at the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. So there's this big video screen behind, and that's where all the players entered through. So there was it was extra drama. And I guess in my brain, I kept being like. Maybe he's just going to walk around these screens, but no, like (laughs) he he never, he never came. It's never going to happen again. Um, And like, I don't know. I I, like it, this media day, 
I actually really enjoyed it. I found everyone was in super high spirits. Pascal Siakam, especially Fred Van Vliet, like Goran Dragic, which we'll get to. Um, but that was really heartening because it was like it couldn't, it had to take on its own tone without Larry, right? Like, and of course his name came up. Every single guy talked about him. Absolutely. Bobby Webster talked about him. Nick Nurse talked about him too. Like everyone, mostly because around this question of leadership and, and sort of what happens now. But I think even the ghost, I guess you want to say of Larry uh, and everything everyone was saying just shows how deep, you know, his fingerprints go all over the franchise. So even if he's not there, he is in the DNA of it now. Uh, but I did miss just hearing his kind of quips <laughs> and, uh, you know, putting the putting the media in its place, so to speak. I have to say, when he did come into <laughs> the heat media day and say, like, good morning or like hi everybody and nobody yeah. responded i was kind of like come on guys <laughs> like give this guy yeah. a better better I, welcome but maybe they just didn't know what to expect i i wasn't there i like i don't remember i i remember this from like a classroom situation i can't recall exactly what teacher it was now but like emphasizing that when somebody says good morning you know even in a classroom setting they want you to say good morning back so i've always kind of reflectively said oh you know you know good morning because it's just an automatic <laughs> response to me so I, if i had been there i damn sure would have said good morning to kyle lowry but I, I you know i think there's this kind of like it's really stale in the heat pr and the heat uh you know press conference area there everybody's kind of quiet it's just there's this weird humming of like electric wiring in the background there that you can't ever seem to shake and it's just it's not ideal. So I imagine Hope he shakes that up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like even his, he's like, you know, his sense of humor was so obvious. He moved the, the big face coffee cup to the side there. Oh yeah. Uh, when Jimmy, when Jimmy snuck out, yeah. <laughs> I did it. I was like, okay, this is what I had wanted to see. Like this kind of helps cauterize my wound. Like the wound, my broken heart a little bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, we talked about this last time, just, his incredible leadership in Toronto and that I think even as we were talking about the possibility of the end prior to the trade deadline, I think that's kind of how we, I think our conversation was around either before or the day after when the trade just wasn't consummated. And then you were just talking about how it felt like you were ready to move on for the first time as a team. Like they finally had just enough leadership in place because Kyle and DeMar to some extent, as you mentioned in your piece had really established that culture. Did you get that sense too, from just media day that, you know, that they're kind of ready to pick up the pieces that he's done enough to kind of carry them forward. Cause that's just who Kyle is. He just wants to set you up. He wants to get you to be the best version of yourself. Did that kind of come up in, in media day interviews too? Yeah, it did. I think mostly because there were a lot of comparisons made, especially between uh, Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet of like, which one of them is DeMar DeRozan and which one of them is Kyle Lowry. That's and unfortunate, right? Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that our brain need our brains like need these very oversimplified comps because they're neither. Do you know what I mean? And like they said yeah. as much, they're like, we've learned as much as we can from them. And, you know, they're our vets. Like they're basically in, they're still in our ear, even if they're not here, but like, we're not like them. And for the Raptors to sort of move forward, that's a good thing. Like you don't want just like a repeat, you know, Fred Van Vliet is not Kyle Lowry, but that's right. good. Like he's got to be Fred Van Vliet, the leader. And like Pascal Siakam has got to step up and be a leader, like in, in the way that he's going to be with it, especially because like half the team is new, even like the guys who arrived in Tampa and half the team is really young when you want to look at the rookies. Right. So yeah. it's like a real disparate group of guys who are now just like 
seem to be very quickly gelling uh, and like very excited to play together. And more than that, like very excited to be in Toronto. And again, I think that's like, that's more the legacy of Kyle Lowry. There's not that many reasons why players are excited to play for the Raptors. (laughs) You know, like it's, it's interesting to say this now versus like, not, I was going to say 10, but like not even 10 years ago, even like five years ago, you know, but like you look at this and like, he's changed the face of the franchise. He's changed the way that, people talk about it outside of Toronto, uh, which is really evident in just like, not just discourse around the league, but again, through this idea of like players being so excited to get here, mostly because of the development that happens. And now that can't happen under Lowry, but Fred and Pascal and Chris Boucher and OG Ananobi, they've all been through that. So they know what that's like. So, I mean, his name can't not come up. His name's going to keep coming up. Uh, I think all season, um, I think like beyond this season. And I think that's as it should be, you know? I, you know, I, I guess that's interesting. I I mean, would you want that from a player's perspective? I mean, I know you can't answer that necessarily, but I, I think maybe that maybe there's a comfort level there. I, I, I kind of remember uh when Dwayne left in 2016. And I, I think that's the only thing comparable, again, to our point earlier, not a, an exact match, but just nobody at quite as defining uh of a franchise i i think as kyle is to toronto as Dwayne is to miami uh and, and you know that was 2016 so that was the same summer when Dwayne leaves in free agency and basically the team has said to chris bosh you can't come back uh and so it's this new version of this team with goran Dragic kind of as a lone holdover and hassan whiteside getting this 99 million dollar contract which was a huge mistake and then bringing in Dion waiters and james johnson and all these guys here I, i'm trying to recall what that media day was like or where that first season was i think the the easy storyline outside of that was you know trying to figure out how to move on from Dwayne. and i guess it was a topic of conversation but if that season it it dropped so pre- precipitously so easily it went 11 and 30 if you recall that was that season where they started off 11 and 30 and so it was just right away it was very easy to just accept the fact that this was a really shitty team and they were going to win so the comparisons or the questions about Dwayne and his presence those kind of went away very quickly I wonder I wonder if something similar would have to happen in Toronto in order for them to kind of just get past the fact that Kyle is no longer there I mean I don't want to wish that on you because that was a miserable experience having to cover 11 and 30 although 30 and 11 later on that season was pretty good too I mean what's the expectations for Toronto I'm sorry go ahead No, I was just going to say like, and this can fit into expectations too, because I think uh, this is such a rare departure because it's, there's no bad blood, you know, there's like no ill will on either side. And I don't, I don't even just think like in the NBA, I think in like kind of all pro sports, this feels like a very rare sort of departure. Like it's the best for both, for all parties involved really. Um, And for just like, you wouldn't even talk about legacies. Like it's the best case scenario for that too. Like I'm so happy for Larry to leave. And to be with the Heat because I think there's a real opportunity for him to win another title there. That's not going to happen in Toronto on the timeline that necessarily fits with, you know, the remainder of Kyle Lowry's career, however long that will be. I think it could still be a decent amount of time, but I, I want him to have to spend that time. Like I think he would have willingly spent that time here, but he's just like bound. Like there's still so much momentum left in his career and him as like a, you know, as a person who wants to like what he, he, I heard him talk about this a lot at heat media day, but as a person who wants to bring players up, 
you yes. know, raise their ceilings. Yes. Um, like generate like generational wealth for them and their families, like get guys paid um, and just like make everybody better around him and like boost everybody up. Like he's done that in Toronto. And yeah, there's new guys here. He could have done that with, but like, I think it's an even better and bigger and more worthwhile challenge for him to now bring that to the heat. Okay, well, well, we'll save that topic for the next segment. I'm here with Katie Heindel, and you're listening to Locked on Heat. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts over at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. And game pick owners pick a single game per week for each st starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. Whether you prefer a redraft keeper or dynasty, game picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. I've been telling you about this great product that's doctor-created, doctor-recommended. It works for up to seven days per use with a dry shirt guarantee. It's called Sweat Block. If you or somebody you know has a profuse sweating problem and you're wanting to do something about it, then Sweatblock is the product for you. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews, and it's currently number one in Amazon's antiperspirant category. It's manufactured right here in the USA, and believe me, you'll want to try this. A friend of mine's been using it lately. He's got renewed confidence. He doesn't have to worry about uh, any kind of sweating in the middle of the day. He doesn't have to change shirts the way he once did. Everything's been working out great, and it's got such a confidence boost from it, and you too can get that confidence. So why wouldn't you want to try it if you could? Go to CVS, go to Amazon.com, or go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code locked on. Again, that's 20% off if you go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code locked on. You will not be disappointed. So before the break, we were talking about the challenge that awaits Kyle Lowry. And and I think that was kind of interesting, that last point you left off with, that you think it might be more challenging for him to work with these players. Is it because in Miami, you've got guys like Jimmy and Bam who already are, are all-stars. They don't need to necessarily develop. Uh, and so there's all more pressure on them to kind of succeed right away and to kind of figure out exactly how to take them from you know, 80% of how their potential to perhaps 90% of their potential or something along those lines. Am I, am I kind of overlooking this or am I thinking too deeply into this? <laughs> I didn't necessarily mean challenging in that, like these guys are going to present more individual difficult challenges for Lowry. I think I meant, I guess, challenge in the greater picture of okay. winning a championship, which okay. in itself, like when you go through that with a team, you realize how hard that is because everything the whole season long has to go right you know and like that doesn't just start in april like unfortunately like for not what people a lot of people don't like to think this but that you know that starts in october because like you got to look at like the way i think momentum ramps up and like do guys stay healthy and like what's the whole seasonal trajectory there so that i think is like challenge enough in itself before you even start to look at larry's challenge with the roster yeah honestly 
this is just like, this is me being a little bit petty, but the only uh, Heat player who I think might be in for a little bit of a rude awakening and or challenge uh, is Tyler Hero <laughs> from Lowry. But whatever. Why is, that? Maybe, Why is that? Why is that? I don't know. I don't necessarily think his work ethic seems to match that of his teammates. That's ridiculous. Uh, but I times. cannot believe that it's so. I can't this is an outsider's perspective. That's fair. I, that that is that is so weird to me. Like I have been dealing all summer, even from local media outlets that wanted to swear that I, I think you probably saw the statistic just because it was picked up by so many different aggregators and everything else like that. That there was a seventy five percent chance Tyler Hero wouldn't last the summer, and yet here we are at the start of training camp, and he's still on the roster. And a big part of what they look to do, etc. I, I maintain this very consistently from day one that they were leaning into building up Tyler hero as much as possible. They, they had him make some summer appearances at their junior heat summer camp. Uh, I think they they've always loved him. And it's just so crazy that the narrative has changed so quickly from his rookie season. We love his work ethic. Tyler's a gym rat on and on and on to the end of year two that ended, you know, obviously very disappointingly to Tyler doesn't work hard and Jimmy hates him because he doesn't work hard enough. No, it's not that David. It's not that it's more of just, I think Larry is like, and the rap, like most of the Raptors, the core, like, I don't know the new guys that well yet, but like, it's a quiet team of grinders. Right. Like they're not very flashy. They don't like with the exception, like I'd say Pascal. Oh, geez. Really like, flashy though. He's yeah. <laughs> like they're it's, it's just not the mentality. So when I look at like PJ, Jimmy Bam, like those guys are similar. Duncan Robinson, really similar style guys. So uh-huh. Hero, I just mean stands out a little bit. That's a nicer way of putting it, maybe. I guess. Uh, but whatever. Maybe they're gonna gel and it will be great. But I think, like, back to your point, I don't mean that like all these guys, like he's like Lara's gonna shape them up. They don't really need shaping up. I'm curious to see how they work together because I think it's going to be a really fluid and honestly, like beautiful, really cool, super fast, like well gelled thing to watch happen in real time. Like I think this heat team is kind of perfect to me in terms of like what I would want and like a perfect basketball team. It's kind of the heat for me this season. So I'm just stoked to watch that. So I don't think like it's going to be very difficult for Lowry. I just mean like he's going to tweak every individual guy's game. Jimmy even said that too. He was like, yeah, I'm a really difficult person to talk to and to like be told what to do and to work with. But like, I expect that from Kyle. Like I want him in my ear, basically yelling at me on the floor and Kyle Lowry will be happily obliged to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I I, like, I think that kind of just speaks to the incredible individual strength of Kyle Lowry. Like he is just so uh strong in who he is so well defined so fully actualized as a player and person that maybe it's not much of a challenge i i kind of tend to think that you know just from a just just the the actual nuts and bolts of trying to help somebody develop if their baseline is much lower and you have to kind of develop them and kind of say oh look here you are just adjusting to life in the nba it's probably less pressure and much easier to just kind of just help them pick and choose their spots much more easily as opposed to say a guy like jimmy who is a notorious pain in the ass or difficult by his own <laughs> admission and then bam who is so incredible and complimentary but there's an obvious ceiling that he has yet to reach well maybe not a ceiling his own nickname is no ceiling but at the same time there's another level for him to reach and he just hasn't done it and i'm curious to see how kyle brings that about but i do also think like Kyle took on a pretty big challenge in coming down to miami not just because of 
the challenge of having to work with other players. But I really do think that there's a lot of pressure on him and the team to bring a championship here. Like if you're stating that that's the goal and you're going out and paying him 20 something million dollars a year and you're Mm -hmm. paying Duncan Robinson a lot of money and you've already got Jimmy signed to this four year extension and a lot of money there and bam, et cetera. I mean, that's a high priced roster and you're, you know, you, you don't stand out as a more talented group. Am I crazy here? Cause I think that's a lot of pressure on this team, given the way salaries are kind of distributed to those four players in particular. I think it is pressure. And I'm not saying like, I think the nice thing about it is you've got maybe like a, a three year room for this, right? Like right. ideally, of course, the length of Kyle's contract, you, know. you want it now, but you know, maybe you don't get it this season, but it's not, there's still urgency because I think you look at this roster and that's the way that they all play. And that's just kind of like, that is the heat system. It's like urgency about everything at all times. Um, But I think like you still got some room to manipulate things going forward, but yeah, like I, but I don't think that's like an undue amount of pressure. Like it is a lot of pressure on Lowry, but again, I think like those, that's a, this is, this is the, the area uh, and like the concentration of this kind of pressure is where he thrives the most, you know? Um, and I think like, I, this team is just like, a, it's like the NBA all pest team to me, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you can't yeah. like, they're like PJ Tucker, bam, Jimmy and Kyle. Like these are like immovable forces. Like these are just like, this team is a menace. So I like, well, I think Morris too. I mean, that's another yeah, guy that exactly. can get, absolutely get under your skin. <laughs> exactly. And I think yeah. this is something that did come up. Uh, Pascal mentioned this at like at, at media day of like wanting to be that team. And this is a remnant of Larry, but like wanting to be that team of the league that everybody hates playing. It's yeah. not so much like for the Raptors this season, it's not so much that like that's because they're going to beat you. Like maybe you take a game on them, but it's not going to be easy. And everybody comes into it and they're just like, God, we got to play the Raptors. And I think like Larry now brings that to the heat, but that's also very fully formed on the heat already. Yeah. I think there was like a bit of like a wobbly misstep last season, but like that was all of last season for everybody. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think like he just kind of fully forms that like the heat now are that like they're that team, like yeah. nobody's running through this team, right? Like you might get a win on them, but like you're going to probably get really bruised and beat up in the process. Yeah. Yeah. You might survive it, but you're, you're not, you know, you're not keeping all of your limbs intact or something <laughs> along those lines. Yeah. I, it, I really do like this team a lot. I, I, I've tried very hard to be even tempered and kind of perspective, <laughs> you know, just kind of balance it out and say, you know, I'm not sure, but this just feels like that classic type of heat team that the one that you just mentioned, the one that nobody wants to face. And they've kind of worn that mantle very proudly, but it has not been the case. Like for a long time, I don't think a lot of people really feared this team, even when they had so much success in 2019, 20, it's not like they were scaring people. They were really, really good, and they gelled much more quickly than anybody thought. But I don't really believe that anybody was intimidated by this team. I don't think they actually even had that real – I don't think they've actually been scary as a team to face uh, since the Big Three era. I mean, maybe they were a team that was challenging in the Orlando bubble, and you know they've had little evidence of that here and there. But for the most part, they just had not been that team. And, and you, you recall – Pat Riley joining this team in 1995 and and transforming this group into a defensive oriented team and creating an identity of the grittiest, hardest working, toughest, whatever, you know, that, that they actually have this written on a wall somewhere. It is the team motto. And 
they, they've been kind of shying away from that over the last few years, but I think now they're, they're leaning into it again. I, I'm just so curious to see how it all works out. I just want everybody to stay healthy on this group. I want them to be all that they can be, whether they wind up with a championship or not. I honestly don't care. I just want them to be that same team that they, they, they thought of themselves being for the last few years, that, that competitive group, that tough as nails team that really challenges everybody and will make you pay for whatever success you might happen to steal away from them. Is there, aside from Jimmy, cause that's the easiest one. Is there a pairing on this team along Kyle that you're most curious to see how it might play out? Is it Tyler? Is it Bam? Or is it something else that I haven't thought of? I mean, I think it's, it's Bam because I think uh, Lowry's going to have, aside from Jimmy, Lowry's going to have the most fun playing with Bam. Yeah. I'm really excited to just see <laughs> the way things kind of Bam's flow a shooter them. now. I don't know if you noticed that, but Bam, Bam at media day says he wants to be a shooter. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Bam can be honestly whatever he wants to be. <laughs> the reason people I'm a fan favorite on this podcast is all I do is come on and gas up the heat. <laughs> so I'm a secret heat fan. Um, I guess it's not so secret. Yeah, that's a secret. Not a secret. Um, but I guess like I think I mean PJ again just because I loved I I but I'm so excited to see PJ play with everyone because what PJ does uh, that's so perfect on any team he plays I for. Forgot. Raptors like, legend PJ Tucker. Exactly. Yeah. Two time Raptors legend PJ Tucker left and came back. Yeah. Um, I'm always hoping there'll be a third boomerang, but I don't think that's in the cards. Um, but like PJ is a protector, right? He'll just like, and he takes his job so seriously. Um, and I love that. But I think Lowry secretly, I'm I'm excited to see him play with Duncan Robinson. I really Ooh. am. Yeah. I think uh like him and Hero, I can't like because he kind of he would play a lot with Fred Van Vliet, you know, and like that, like yeah. positionally, like that could probably work the same way with the Heat, uh, like that lineup. But I think I'm more excited to see him play with Duncan Robinson. I think like they could get they could get something going between them. I, it, it seems again, I, even now talking about it, I, it's hard for me to temper my expectations because. <laughs> well, like, why I see... don't that's not that what you do in like or like don't temper your expectations before the season. Like when the season's about to start, this is a time for like full-blown unrealistic expectations. I know, but I just keep seeing like Kyle running pick and roll with Bam and having to pick your poison and, you know, both of them being, you know, very, very good at drawing fouls and then kickouts to dun a wide open Duncan from the corner, Jimmy slashing and cutting or these Wade cuts behind a basket that he's probably going to be able to implement to his offense. And then, yeah, P.J. Tucker, not much of an offensive player, don't really need to be, and still a hell of a lot of fun to watch. So uh, there's mm -hmm. just there's some really great potential for these kind of, you know, the, these pairings of players because it all starts with Kyle. He is the center of the wheel, and all these heat-related spokes, I think, are going to benefit from it. It's going to be really, really, really fun to watch. But uh, we'll save that a little bit, and we'll talk a little bit more about Kyle and the heat, but I also want to get into Goran Dragic, the dragon, now flying a little bit north of uh, where he once did for the past seven years. I'm here with Katie Heindel, and you're listening to Locked on Heat. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com 
rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Believe me, their website is so easy to navigate. Just a few easy clicks and you get everything delivered directly and safely to your door. No fuss, no must, and the same low prices for everybody, whether you're a mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer. rockauto.com. Go there right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you get to the section that says, how'd you hear about us? Write the phrase locked on so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car and truck will ever need. That's rockauto.com. And right now, you should be going over to betonline.ag because they're back and better than ever. They're the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated size and interface with more contests, more props, more odds, more than anything. Betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL 100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget to use the promo code locked on. at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. I'm here with Katie Heindel of Dime and, of course, the Basketball Feeling Substack, which you should totally be subscribed to. And we're talking about Heat and Raptors Media Day. And, of course, a lot of Heat fans a little upset watching Goran Dragic actually appear at Media Day in a Raptors uniform, something that I didn't necessarily think was even going to happen given how... He talked about not wanting to play in Toronto. Did he address that at all? I'm very curious to hear uh, what he said to media uh, on media day. He did. I like he addressed it a lot. And I have to say he's going to keep addressing it because Toronto can be a very petty. Uh, no, <laughs> a very petty, uh, not just fan base, but like media. <laughs> petty, really? So a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, look, like he he came out, he um, he was asked about that. Was he booed by reporters early? No, he was not. Um, everybody kept their decorum about them. But he said he was like, look, uh, I apologize. He's like, but I actually like I want to apologize again. He's like the comments that it, it didn't come off how I meant. And frankly, I'm of the mind that like he probably meant it a little bit and like whatever. That's fine. I think a lot of stuff gets said in the summer. <laughs> and I don't know that he necessarily knew that he would end up here for good. Um. Yeah. But he is obviously trying to make good on that now. Um, he, yeah, he apologized. He just said like he's excited to be here. Like he's he's he he made a lot of really nice uh, comments, especially this early in the season, and like specific comments, which is why I don't think he was just you know messing around. Um, but about like some of the like about Scotty Barnes, like about Delano, like about some of the newer younger guys that are now being. Like there's so like the expectations are so high for them, yeah. but he was just saying like, as a veteran player, he gets so excited to play with young players like that and like to watch them develop and to kind of see their potential. And he was picking out little things about each of them. And I thought like, that's like, that's cool. Like we, we're one less vet now without Larry and like, he's not going to replace Larry. And I don't think anyone's looking at him to do that. It would be a really weird role, but in terms of a veteran presence, like <clears throat> Bobby Webster, Nick nurse, like, they do keep kind of touting that and just saying like, we do have that now. Like, no, he doesn't necessarily 
have the same history with our franchise, but like he knows a lot, you know, like this guy's been around the league for a long time. I think Nate Nurse called him a grizzled. Oh, grizzled veteran. veteran? Oh, wow. I was like, I mean, he looks, he's not a grizzled looking guy. Um, I have to say though, the funniest like little note to me was like, everyone else came out in their kind of warm up jackets. Goran was the only guy who came out in his, just his Jersey bare armed. (laughs) Like it might've just been because he had been doing like a photo shoot, but I was like, okay, he's really trying to be like, I play for this team now. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> and I respected it. That's the heat way, though. Like, they, they're they just wearing jerseys all day long. They're, there's mm-hmm. no jackets as they go from room to room and all these photo shoots or anything like that. So I wonder if that's he's just been conditioned over the last seven years. Another uh, as, thing I think yeah. was, like, kind of nice. I just sorry. I just remembered was, like, when he was asked certain questions about the heat and the Raptors, he's still and like this, I'm not mad about. Like, it must be such a weird thing to get your head around. But like him saying us and you guys us yeah. meaning he would yeah. refer to the heat like questions about the heat like that because that's Beautiful. where his brain still is and yeah. that's fine and then you guys is toronto <laughs> you so guys you guys that i happen <laughs> to play for right now i i mean i don't even mean that just like you know in any disparaging way because like he, he hasn't actually set foot on the court yet i think that'll naturally change but like the guy just kind of upended his life you know to come here i can't i don't back. blame him for that He's coming back. <laughs> I mean, you you've told like you've gotten upset with me before when I've said what a villain he's been. Yes. The Toronto fan. Yeah, and I won't even bring up Lockdown Raptors host Sean Woodley. I mean, like he talked about Goran like he was trash. And okay, this was before his comments. This Sean awesome. at Media Day, I have to say he was like, Katie, like you're going to like get ready to love this guy. Like he, this is anybody didn't say it to me. I think he said it to everybody. He was just like tweeting about this i think he talked about it on the show he was just like everybody's going to be completely sold and like turned around on him in a matter of games i'm waiting to see no my don't, 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 him- don't buy into it too because i'm <laughs> telling you like i mean i've talked to you about Warren before like he might be one of my favorite players just to talk to he's been fantastic like i mean one of my first big features was talking to him and, and i've talked to, about this on the pod before but he just like he he made time to talk to me he shoot away all the other reporters, told the team bus to fuck off. Like all these things mean a lot to, a, you know, somebody, as you obviously know. And so that that was he's won the media award in the locker room many, many times just because he's always so friendly and open, things like that. But on the court, he tries hard. He plays through injury. He's going to take big shots. He's going to knock him down. He's going to fail at this point in his career just because I think his body is going to betray him to some extent. But uh, I know that Heat fans would welcome him back immediately if they could. So I am uh, I'm hopeful that you guys will start to see that you guys being all of you in Toronto <laughs> will will see that soon because I, I think he deserves it. I don't want him to be vilified at this stage in his career when all he really wanted was to win a championship and he played so hard in the 2019-20 season in the Orlando bubble. And for him to be, you know, betrayed by his body like that uh, was very, very unfortunate. And I've maintained this and I will take this to my grave. If he had been healthy, healthy against the Los Angeles Lakers. He would have won a title here in Miami. So that would have uh, been a very nice end to that chapter for the Heat and for Goran's career. But it's nice to see him saying the right things. And that means a lot. I mean, I know there's still going to be some sensitivity for being not Kyle. Like, you can't help it. I I mean, Kyle being as big a presence on that team as he has been, it's hard to see anybody kind of try and expect what to to replace him. did nurse say anything about his role? Is he going to be coming off the bench? I think that's probably the most likely scenario. 
I mean, no, like nurse hasn't, uh, the, the closest Nick has, co- has come to talking about what the lineups at this point look like is just how many guys are going to be vying for spots. You know, like he always, I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of like the, the Nick nurseism. He's like, they're going to be duking it out for <laughs> like you know, this kind of like cowboy Midwestern twangy way of saying it. But he, I, I would assume Goran's going to I didn't know there were nurseisms. The I guess this is every coach, right? If you follow him, I mean, spoisms <laughs> is something that, that he fans know of well. Don't let go of the rope. That's a big one. Uh, <laughs> burn the boats uh that's another one i think all of these are from our oh the keep the main thing the main thing although that's a rileyism that's now become a spoism so that's uh i didn't know there were nurseisms even what is this is year four yeah okay yeah yeah there's nurseisms they're mostly just like they're twangy anything you can like put a twang on it's a kind of like a nurseism but like duking it out that's why I, I like the um, way you say it so duking it out like that <laughs> i think I mean, I don't know. He could play with Fred on the floor. Like again, can, if yeah. we're gonna if we're gonna try and do mirror uh, lineups, like if we want to mimic like his and Larry's game in some fundamental ways aren't that different. Which is also why I think Raptors fans will warm to him mm-hmm. like a little bit quicker than maybe well, they feel like they're ready to. Yeah, I mean, defensively, honestly, all he has to do is up. like. No, it's not going to take much, David. I have to say, like, we're pretty forgiving. We're a pretty forgiving fan base. <laughs> you just went from petty to forgiving. I guess, except minutes. for not forgiving Vince Carter for years, but that was a little bit different. We'll forgive you unless we don't. How about that? I don't, I don't know if I can wrap my <laughs> mind around that one. It'll uh, happen. It'll happen because I think what will happen is um, the, the city will see the rest of the team embrace him and you've got to follow suit. Have you bought a Kyle Lowry vice jersey yet? I mean, I was on the Miami, Miami Heat team store today. I have to say, I was actually really pleasantly surprised because I was depressed because I was told. I told not you doing that. The vice. They're not. They're, they're not. not they're not. They're not doing them on the floor, I guess. I didn't realize they were still offering them to but, you suckers on yeah. the heat.com store. I didn't realize yeah. that was still an option. But yes. yeah, PJs, Lowry, Markeith has them too. They have every single, they have like the vice versa. They have the vice nights one. Um, so I was excited to see that because me, this sucker is going to buy one hundred <laughs> percent because I was like, what do I have to do? Get a blank one and then get Larry like page personalized and yeah. put Larry on it. Like, they only spell it with a U instead of a W. So that's I what know. I was going to have to do, David. So this is even better. <laughs> it's worked out. It's all covered up Millhouse for you. I, I think mm-hmm. that's great. <laughs> full kit. I'm going to be full kit. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I never had a chance to speak to you about, I don't know if you have strong thoughts. I know I, t- I recorded a show with Sean when the announcement was made by the, uh, Naismith Memorial basketball hall of, I was at Springfield for the enshrinement. Were there any thoughts on Chris and his Toronto tenure? And of course his Miami tenure. I mean, I think it's deserved. Definitely. I've are you, done... are you still bitter against Chris Bosch too? Are no. you petty for, no. towards Chris? No, I think it made it. That one was definitely not as personal to me. And like, I think I'm always like, I think he got such a bum deal in terms of like, I don't mean to say that because it was literally his body, but yeah. like in terms of how his career ended with the heat, like obviously that's not the way he would have wanted it. And yeah. I've talked to Chris about other, for other stories, um, namely for the drone racing league, which is something he's involved in and just like how much he loves tech and like computers and science, which is like endeared me to him forever. Yeah. But no, I think it was totally well-deserved. Sean like loves him, but so like my, 
my, my like support of Chris Bosch comes more for the things he's done since basketball. Um, he probably should have stayed in Toronto, but whatever. And wow. like up until, <laughs> wow, that's until, a good take there. Up until Larry, no one stayed in Toronto. So, you know, that's, that's a fair thing I can say, but no, there's congratulations. A lingering to him. Resentment. There's a little lingering resentment. I'm starting to pick up on that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a little sense of betrayal there from Chris Bosch. I didn't realize that was still so uh, pervasive, but uh... no, I, he's like one of the, the kindest, like most excited and like, I don't know, genuine people I've ever spoken with. So I did you see the enshrinement and having his family up on stage and taking pictures with his kids and everything? Yeah. Yeah. They're so happy. They're so happy. I mean, like you, you can't, you can't be like, he doesn't, I don't know. Is anyone like he doesn't deserve it? Yes. I don't. Yes. Yes. Dozens of Twitter eggs are out. Yeah, exactly. The same ones that are are criticizing people for their (laughs) anti-vax takes. Uh, You know, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, um, I, it's a, a crazy world out there, Katie. Not that I need to remind you of that. Uh, how soon before the Heat play Toronto? I wonder what's the, what's the reception going to be like for Kyle when he comes back there? Oh my God! Not a dry eye in the house. I don't even know how I'm going to like handle myself. Um, that's going to be out of control. Like that's going to be. You've been be... tweeting about you being emotional at media day, like the the the, uh, the or what? Not the Orwellian, I was crying. The, the, the Kenzian or waif in the in the stands there. He every time I would like choke up and like it's good that we're wearing masks because I really absorb it for where like they'd ride up and like catch my tears. But like every time I would choke up with what someone said, not because I was sad, just because I was so happy and excited to be in that space again. I swear to God, the camera guy just swung over to me. Um, but yeah, when La- like the, the Raptors do a huge montage for every player, like I've been there for. I think since Amir Johnson came back, I've been there for all of them. I was at the one when like Toronto forgave Vince Carter. That was out of control. The DeMar DeRozan homecoming, I think was like the highest peak up to now. Lowry's going to be like in Mount Everest to that. So I didn't realize Amir got one when he returned. Oh my God. Amir's was beautiful. Amir's was beautiful. (laughs) Terrence Ross got, everybody got one. I'm trying to think of like, I think even, yeah, Ross, Jakob, the human Jakob torch. Pertle, poor Jakob Pertle got his the same night as DeRozan, but like oh. Jakob Pertle's was still like it was shorter, <laughs> but it was beautiful. I'll never forget interviewing OG and, and asking him about the loss of Damar and everything else like that. And he kept emphasizing and Jakob, like he wanted to make sure I recognize and Jakob. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that at the time. I, I didn't have those kind of nuances. I thought Jakob Pertle, who cares about Jakob Pertle? I should have known better. I was, OG it was, does. yeah. He did. And he reminded me of that four times during the course of a 10 minute interview. So uh, shouts out to OG. Uh, anyway, um, oh, I just realized, though, there's going to be so many of those this season because Serge didn't get his. I guess Mark can oh. never get his. Ooh, that's sad. Oh, because wow. they no one ever came to Toronto last season. So right. everyone who left, they're going to get this is going to be a montage heavy season. And I don't know if I'm ready for it. <laughs> Do you have your own assigned seat there? Because you're going to have to probably like put a tarp down for all the tears that yeah, will be probably. shed. Throughout. I think I can bring my own tarp. I think that's fine with like health and safety protocol standards. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and make sure you get advice colored too. I think that will go over really yeah. well. <laughs> um, well, no, I, I guess that's it. I was going to ask you another question, but I think we pretty much covered all of it. Uh, I'm excited about the season. I'm excited even about the Raptors season. It should be fun. And of course, I'm sure... 
you and I will talk at some point down the road when the two teams face each other. It's going to be a really interesting season overall. I think not just outside of these two teams, but just because there's still kind of a shadow of COVID hanging over everything, as you might expect, and uh, how teams bounce back this year. But it's going to be great to see Toronto back home, I think. Oh, I, I did want to ask this. I guess I should ask this. How much, how much stock do you put in Kyle being, you know, quote unquote injured last year? Because I think a lot of people are talking about this from a national perspective. Even like national uh, NBA media are kind of think that he's much more hurt than I think he is. I think he was just basically shut down because the team was sort of tanking. And of course, the season was already a mess anyway, being played out in Tampa. So was there, there was no reason to trot out. 34 year old 35 year old Kyle Lowry out there for unnecessary wear and tear do you think he is do you think he was hurt last year or or was that basically just being shut down to preserve him uh no I thought the team has been I thought this has been said like here and there but like I'm pretty sure he just went to golf (laughs) (laughs) because again like I assumed that was a joke I didn't realize it well, half joke, but like all jokes are based in kind of some reality. I think I like uh, I think that he was probably a little bit hurt, but your point is really apt. Like, why would you push that? That wasn't like really the time to do it. So, no, man, I think anything like that is very overblown. Okay. All right. Good to know. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, all, an expert on all things Kyle Lowry related. I'm sure again. Uh, that we'll talk soon. Anything else that you want to plug while you're here? Always a pleasure to have you on the show, but uh, anything that you want to talk about that you've done lately or will be doing in the near future? Um, Let's see. I wrote, I mean, I don't know how interesting this is to your audience, but there's a bit of mention of Dragic in there, but I did write uh, just kind of a wrap of Raptors Media Day takeaways for Complex Canada. Sports. Uh, yep. Yeah, Complex Sports Canada. Um, <laughs> I will have a larger feature coming pretty soon, actually, on PJ Tucker for Dime. Really? Um, yes. So nice. look out look out for that. And you well, plugged so nicely everything else, but I'll plug again basketball feelings at Substack. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll probably, we'll probably talk after the PJ feature comes out then. Cause that should be a lot of fun. Uh, make sure if you don't already to follow Katie on Twitter at whatevs, uh, great follow. Obviously you'll see all of her incredible writing and all the other things that she's involved with regularly, as well as some pretty frequent mentions of swimming and things of that sort, <laughs> occasional vacationing. Although I think those, those days are probably done for the, the near future anyway, unfortunately for her. Uh, but Katie, uh, thanks again for always taking the time to be on the show. Uh, always a pleasure talking to you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Katie for taking the time to be on the show. But thanks of all to you for taking the time to listen to us, for making us your number one listen of the day. We really appreciate all the support that the podcast has had over the last couple of years. And of course, moving forward, we're going to continue to bring you the very best heat coverage available. This is David Ramil signing off for now.